It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and because it is Friday, we also have her dad. Professor Maxwell is joining us to talk about the lifting of mask mandates, the getting of additional boosters, and everything else that you have in the way of COVID-related questions. We get requests uh, throughout the week. We get questions throughout the week. We get complaints <laughs> when he is not here. Um, Professor Eugene Maxwell. He is Maxwell. not paid. <laughs> He's, he's, we, he's a public service. We're not paying him, you guys. We we ha- we haven't wow. paid him a dime. I haven't paid him one dime. <laughs> wow. But Professor Eugene hard, Maxwell. Well. Hello. Good morning, Dad. Good morning. It's for the good of the uh, the population. No. Problem. It's true. No, we're, yes. we're doing it for the good of humanity. So the, okay, yeah, the public good. That's right. I I joked earlier in the show that. Even if people hadn't listened um, to you today, you know, like even if, you know, they, they couldn't listen to you today, they probably could anticipate what you would say, given what you've been saying for the past two years. So as we sit here on February, um, what is it? February 11th. Uh, the 11th. Uh, and all of these mask mandates uh, in a variety of different mm. states, even states that are led by Democratic governors that have been pretty more strict than some of the others. Um, they're, right. they're getting ready to rem- remove mask mandates as a scientist. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you feel about that? Right Is there. it the right time to remove mm-hmm. mask mandates? Well, I don't, I know, uh, the short answer is no. Um, but you had a, a, a great, uh, guest on your, uh, on your TV show the other day, uh, Dr. Blackstock. And, and she said something that I totally agree with that. Okay, if you want to remove mask mandates, you should have a basically an on and off ramp. I mean, I, I thought that was a, a great way to to put it, meaning if uh, because inevitably we will have more variants, more mutations coming. So we may need to put on those restrictions again. So we need an on ramp for that to happen. Okay. Say, um, you know, say, for instance, and I'm just throwing it out there, if VA2 uh, seems to to be a more transmissible, which it is more transmissible than our original Omicron, but say, uh, for instance, it evades vaccination or uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, causes more severe illness. Uh, we don't know that yet, but I'm just making it uh, a hypothetical we need to be able to put those mitigation um, uh, things back into place, masks, um, you know, social distancing, all of those things, uh, wearing masks indoors, all of those things need to be put back in place. And, you know, for, um, for uh, you know, say certain states who, uh, and I don't know if they're listening to, uh, you know, political uh, situations or if they're listening to their science, uh, scientists in those uh, locations. But as a scientist, we are not out of the pandemic yet. We are not out of the woods. We're not in an endemic state yet. Um, and all of these things need to be 
you know, uh, you know, considered when we when we make these decisions as you know as governors or as administrations, uh, and you know, and it all goes back to what we said from the very beginning. If you don't have a cohesive uh, one strategy, then you just have these you know hodgepodge of of, of different uh, different people trying to make up their minds as to what what we're doing. I, I don't think it's a very good idea. But the, the short answer is no. We're not we're not there yet. What what kinds of things are you looking for to say? Okay, we have reached endemic stage. <clears throat> well, there's a couple things. One is vaccination rate, and I mean vaccination rates uh, throughout you know the entire world. Um, mm. uh, because again, you know when oh, when we are not certain, close at all. Yeah, <laughs> oh no, my no, God, no. we are delusional. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Exactly. So, you know, again, we live in a global society. Uh, There are uh, certain areas that have extremely low vaccination rates. And because of that, uh, we have uh, an opportunity for uh, variations and variants to to emerge. The other thing I would like to to really see is that, you know, you know, when we have these waves of of you know, certain surges and stuff like that. What are our numbers? Are, you know, say, for instance, uh, are we below, uh, say, 20,000 or, or 10,000 people, say, per whatever day or whatever it is that are being infected? Uh, you know, so I'm looking at infection rates as well. So, you know, all of those two things, I think, uh, specifically, vaccination rates, infection rates, uh, you know, and then also, too, the, the, the third thing I'm really interested in is when is the next variant coming? It will come. See, I think a lot of, um, a lot of scientists will tell you just because of the nature of this particular virus, uh, I mean, I think Omicron had 53 uh, mutations in, in, you know, just that one particular strain, Think about that. 53 mutations on the spike protein. I mean, that's, that's crazy. So that's telling me that it's, it's highly, uh, you know, uh, it's highly changing all the time and that we have to, you know, we have to stay out in front of it. Uh, and what I mean by that, the scientists that are developing vaccines, the scientists that are developing therapeutics really have to stay out in front of uh, where we're at. And uh, right now, we're still not there yet. And until we get there, uh, it's not time to let down our guard in any way, shape, or form. It, it just reminds me of, of um, you know, getting out in front of something, and then you, all of a sudden you see the tidal wave coming, and then by the time you want to run for the beach, it's too late. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's actually a really good way to think about it. I mean, <laughs> what one of the questions I had, too, is that you know, in terms of that off-ramp, off-ramp, on-ramp, I mean, it feels like, you know, in other places, they've sort of figured this out, right? I mean, I talk about South Korea a lot because I consume a lot of content from there, and I see, uh, you know, through the content that I'm consuming, what they're doing. Or, like, even China. I've, right. I've watched content um, from from China, and I'm seeing what they're doing, right? Like, 
They had temperature checks outside of buildings. We didn't have that. We, like, I never saw that in the United States anywhere. Zero places. Um, but in random office buildings, you know, at the very beginning of the pandemic, they were checking temperatures. Obviously, that right. we, we know that that's not, you know, the best way to do it. But the point is, is mm-hmm. that they, they, people were doing different things depending upon where you were in the world. And in other right. countries, they have, you know, government mandates, federal mandates, you know, for the whole country. And it, it's phases like, um, you know, if case numbers get to this level, they get a notification on their phones Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's mandatory Mm -hmm. masking in all public places or mandatory masking Mm -hmm. in these type these this list of places. Do you think Mm -hmm. that would be a better strategy for us? Like it, I mean, maybe you don't need mask at a football game in an outdoor stadium, but you do need a mask in an indoor Mm -hmm. restaurant. You do need a mask in a gym, but you don't need a mask, you know, walking down the street. Um, I mean, should we have federal guidelines Absolutely. not just coming from the yeah. cdc but like i mean the mandates keep getting knocked down in court which is part of the problem right. with our system mm-hmm. in the public health crisis but if you could right. get any policy you want would it be sort of a spectrum like that where we could be like masking is necessary in these places but not others i agree i, I totally agree with that um you know and that's but again <laughs> see that's a wise thing to say and I and I really mean that. But if you don't make things clear from the very outset, yeah. you're going to have um, you're going to have uh, dissenting voices or people who really don't understand, uh, you know, how the science and the nature of this particular virus is. Um, it's it's just as a scientist, it's sad to to see. Um, you know, uh, again, I'm in a, a college setting. You know, for the most part, and I'm just speaking uh, strictly with where I'm at uh, as far as where I'm teaching, um, the school administration has a set policy. Masking indoors, if you're going to be indoors you have to, or in dorms or wherever, you have to wear a mask, you have to be vaccinated, and they're not, you know, they're sticking to those particular things that they said right from the very outset. But... You go into a grocery store. You go into a um, uh, you go into a whole Walmart or something like that. I would say the percentage of people wearing masks is probably thirty to forty percent, and and you know yeah. here in Virginia, and and a lot of that has to do. And, and I I'm not you know I'm not asking these people, but I think a lot of it has to do. With the, the with the new administration that came into uh, into existence here, with the, you know voting in uh, a Republican governor, and then people just okay, you know, throwing caution to the wind, you know, just let me throw my mask off because what's going to happen? Just like I said, inevitably we will have a new uh, a newer uh, version of whatever this is coming. And uh, we're going to have to really be on our on our toes and be able to, uh, uh, you know, combat it in the right way by putting those, like we say, on ramp. Okay, all right, we're going to have to start wearing our mask again. <clears throat> we're in the airport setting. We need we need to socially distance. <clears throat> distance. We're on an airplane. We should be wearing our mask. All of those things should. And and I unfortunately I think what's going to happen is. People are going to, uh, just like you were saying, in one area, 
it's really, you know, it's like the wild, wild west. No one's going to be wearing a mask. No one's going to be doing anything. And then in another area, people are, you know, still, you know, cautious and still wearing their masks, still socially distancing. You're in an indoor setting or a restaurant or something like that. You're still going to be, uh, you know, uh, doing what you need to do to keep yourself safe, you and your family safe. And uh, it's just going to be, um, it's just every, it's like every man to their own device, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> so unfortunately, so, so that's what's going to uh, To happen. that point, help us with this particular moment. Cause like I'm in New York and the reason why I have been, I mean, I, I've been inside for Omicron for all of it, but now that the numbers are, are back to more or less pre-Omicron levels, like I used to be comfortable going to the movies. I'm wearing a mask. Everybody else is wearing a mask. No one's speaking. I, I forego the popcorn. That's that. If if everyone else is no longer required to wear a mask in the movies, how safe am I if I know that I have the best N95, like it's well-fitted, maybe I'm even double-masked. Like, Can I still move about the indoor spaces that I used to feel comfortable with when everybody else was masked if they are not, is my question. Well, I think as long as you're wearing, you know, the proper equipment, you know, and that's like you were just uh, stating, a well-fitting KN95 or N95 or whatever, you know, 95 mask, you, I think you'll be fine as long as you're, again, distancing and doing what you need yeah. to do. The, you know, um, the masks are, are effective. We, we see that. The, the data shows us that. Um, because I would say inevitably, inevitably we have come in contact. I don't care who you are. You've come in contact with somebody who has had uh, some form of COVID. And yeah. as long as you're wearing your mask, and, and doing what you need to do, you, I think you'll be fine. Uh, again, the data shows us that. Uh, you know, nobody can tell me that uh, wearing a mask, because, again, I wore a mask and, and you know, uh, safety equipment my entire life, and I haven't come down with whatever I've been working with. And so right. it tells me that these things keep us safe. You explained that to me really early on. And actually, you know what? Right. That that was a really important moment for me because I was actually I was like going to be um catatonic um mm-hmm. <laughs> if I didn't understand how to keep myself safe. So like the first couple of weeks of like COVID and early early March. I mean, I'm talking the first 2 weeks of March cuz by the second week of March you had had me in Virginia. You were like, "Get out." So I was there. So, but in the first week of March, I just have recall the ridiculous nature of trying to get to the office. So trying to get from Brooklyn to Manhattan um and trying to you know like limit my contact with surfaces and like the Uber driver has coughed and now I'm worried because um, he has coughed and now we're sharing the car and did I sanitize my hands enough or did I touch my glasses or my face and my rubbing my nose? Oh, I have, can't do that. I have to remember. And that was before masks. So we're doing all this yeah. and I'm doing all these stupid steps that don't work. Um, well, no, I mean, washing hands does work, but all, all these yeah. like steps that I think are working but aren't. And one of the things you explained to me early on and it clicked for me really early. Oh, you can protect yourself from this virus. You know how I know? Right. Because people like my dad scientists who work in labs Mm -hmm. work with viruses a lot and what do they do in the the lab they walk out without the virus Mm -hmm. and how do they do that they put on a whole bunch of stuff like whether it be i mean if it were required that i had to dress like outbreak hell yeah i'm fucking doing that sorry dad i do it um sorry (laughs) 
But, um, like, like I'm doing that. Like, I'm putting on whatever I need to do. Like, yeah. but at least now I know. Nurses are going in ICU, right. ICU rooms with COVID patients. Walking out, not all. I mean, certainly they, they're not changing their equipment enough. They can contract COVID, and certainly nurses mm-hmm. and doctors have. But they're not getting it every day, and the reason why is they're putting on the mask. If masks didn't work, it wouldn't be the first thing Kate Winslet did in Contagion. She finds the patient exactly. on the bus and puts a mask on his face, and we all watched the movie and somehow did not And we all went, that yeah, that part. makes sense. That makes so sense weird. that if you have a sick person, you'll put a mask on your face, but let's not apply that lesson yeah. to our own lives. Um, I, do, I do have a listener, yeah. a listener question, which yes. I think is, is, is a good one for yeah. you. Um, so we're starting to hear people in the UK getting their fourth shots. Mm. And the question is, yep. do you think that six months after our booster, we should be getting an additional shot, uh, especially if we are immunocompromised. There, exactly. One of the things I wrote down and one of the things I, I really wanted to say today is that if you're immunocompromised or you're, say, an older person, absolutely you should get your fourth shot. Uh, again, you know, we're talking about things that we know right now. We know that uh, our antibody levels, uh, our uh, neutralizing antibody levels increase with uh, the amount of, uh, of, of shots that we get, of, of vaccine, uh, vaccinations that we get. So if you are immunocompromised or, or, again, someone who, you know, just be elderly, you know, in those types of settings, absolutely. And I don't know if six months is, is I think anything between four, the fourth and sixth month uh, since you've gotten your, uh, your last shot, I think that would be fine. Um, and, but I also think what's going to happen is uh, you may not, as, uh, say, a younger person, say someone in their 30s or 40s, if you've gotten your, say, you've gotten your third booster or your third shot, your booster shot, uh, Uh, say, in the early spring or in the winter, I think what's going to happen is by uh, the fall, you know, when they roll out the flu vaccine, that I think a a COVID shot will be available at that time. I think it would be wise to uh, go ahead and uh, end up getting a fourth shot at that time. So absolutely, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, that I'm really looking at is whether or not uh, this summer is going to be, uh, you know, extremely low levels uh, or is there going to be another surge? You know, the thing that, uh, that is uh, kind of interesting is, again, you know, southern hemisphere, northern hemisphere, those types of things, you know. So is, is it, say, in parts of South America or parts of, you know, say Australia and those uh, or lower levels of, uh, of Africa, are we going to see, uh, you know, surges there? Uh, because, you know, again, if there's surges there, eventually it will, it will reach the United States and, and places in the Northern Hem- Hemisphere. I mean, one of the things I, I've been thinking a lot about since sort of we lived through two years of this and We've sort of lived through mm-hmm. years of, you know, ebbs and flows, right? Surges and right. moments where we, we weren't surging um, is sort of in the longer term thinking through the fact that we may have seasonal surges of COVID-19 oh, yeah. every year. No so doubt. when when you're thinking mm-hmm. about that, um, you know, maybe the summer is better 
fingers crossed. Let's hope that that is the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we mentally, though, be preparing for a surge as it gets cold since that's already happened two Absolutely. times? We've already gone through two winters where there was a surge. Yeah. Well, think about it. In the winter, what do people do? They go oh, indoors. Uh, you know, you're, you're in closer proximity to, you know, it's just, think about, it's just like the flu. You know, the flu seems to really ramp up once people go indoors, people are in close quarter or closer quarters with one another. Um, family members are closer. Those types of, you, you know, think about it, you're on a school bus or a train or, or you're not walking somewhere. You're not outside because it's 20 degrees. Uh, so, those things lead to uh, people coming in closer contact. My thing is this, continue to wear a mask until, you know, levels are such that, uh, you know, it's not, you know, 50, 60,000 people being infected per day. I mean, it's just, it's just not smart to go walking around or, uh, you know, walking around in the store without a mask. It's, it's just not... It's just not safe yet. Uh, are we getting there? If, if no other variants or no other mutations come down the road, yes, but we're not there yet. Just simply not. It, we are not still, there yet, everybody. Uh, so keep your mask no. handy throughout Professor your weekend. Professor Maxwell, thank you as always. Thanks, Dad. It is a joy to talk to you, even when it's kind of sad. Well. <laughs> Stay safe, Dad. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Um, and right, uh, well. everybody out there, stay safe. Get your booster. Find out about your fourth shot if, if that applies to you. <laughs> stay safe. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.